0: Hey, welcome to another episode of Bram Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today is super exciting. We have a special guest with us today. This is my friend, Mr. Ryan Beck. Now, before before we get before we before we start getting into who you are and all the amazing stuff that you have recently done in in technology as soon as we start talking about that everybody's going to be like oh yeah i totally know i totally recognize i understand it i have it on my phone um i want to i want them to understand uh, just just who you are at your core your you know your just your just lay down your your basics of life
1: jeff thanks for having me on here it's a it's a privilege yeah no, i'm stoked you're here you. um, yeah uh, so I'm, I'm super excited to be here. Awesome. And when it comes down to me at my core, it's, it's really faith and family would be mm. the two principles I would say that I operate by. Uh, family has been so core to who I've been and how I've developed. It's what got me from a, faith, uh, a, a life of no faith to a life of faith through the prayers of my grandma, the hard work of my mom, the belief of my wife. Um, mm. so many strong women have come alongside so many other family members that have lifted me up. And so family uh, has been a, a central theme throughout my life. And the importance there is, um, it, you know, it, it is who I am. Wow. And then the second part, faith, I didn't have a faith upbringing. It came later in life.
0: So your grandma that was praying. Yeah. She was for praying
1: your- for me when I was in jail, actually. Because she was like, wow. Lord, please help this guy. Change his words. Right, right. Right. She would actually... She
0: Everybody would, has whiplash right now. They're like, wait, this guy? Yeah. like yeah. He, he looks like a member of a boy my, band. My, head, my <laughs> head used
1: to look like yours. Oh, you know, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. Um, and so, <laughs> and, um, and so my, my grandma, she used to walk uh, to her local church every yeah. day and place flowers for me at her Lutheran church there in Norwalk, California, South LA, if you're not familiar. And she would place some flowers there and pray for me, and the pastor would be praying for me. And I was in jail, and I was in jail for narcotic, selling narcotics. Um, I was 18 years old. Uh, I was raised by a single mom trying to figure out how to raise a man without a dad in the picture. Mm. I have a great relationship with my dad now, and, um, you know, life's different for everybody. Wow. Not everyone's made to yeah dad at certain times. And so we actually really good uh, awesome. relationship now. And so my mom was trying to figure this out. How do you raise a boy to be a man mm. without a man there? And well, like a lot of single moms, she didn't have a lot of uh, resources at her disposal. We were low income food stamps and she was just trying to get by. She had an opportunity to move out of South LA to a suburb called Thousand Oaks.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so she took that opportunity because which that, isn't no, far from
0: it's not far from where we are right now.
1: No, no, it's really close. It's a really nice area. Yeah. And so she had that opportunity. She did. She got a little room, and that's that's what she did. And she worked and she worked and she knew if she could just give me a better opportunity than she had, everything would be a lot better. Mm. And she did that, and she sacrificed a lot. And throw, so the sacrifice of my mom really paid dividends mm. to where I'm at now, and so. You know, fast- forward. it was uh, in high school, I got arrested and um, found myself in jail, and it was fine. That's where I was expected. My friends and I, we didn't actually think about college. Not one of us ever asked, "Where are you going to college?" It's just not in the picture, not something we thought about. Most of our friends were on drugs or in jail, mm-hmm. and that's where I went. And so it was expected. I got out. I'm like, I'm going to be tough. You know, I got more street cred, but God had different plans. Hmm. I didn't really know God at that time. And when I went in there, I was first put into what's called like a a parolee tank. It's people that have been to prison and going back to prison. These people are serving lots of time. Very, very political. They divide you up according to race and they do all the 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 prison things that you would think Mm -hmm. about how you operate how you um how you'll behave in prison Mm -hmm. and so they were like hey you're 18 we'll make you a better criminal but god had different plans he said nope we'll put you in another tank and i got put in with in a working tank um and i got surrounded by guys who you would not think oh these guys i want my kid around but they were the best influence on me. They they looked at me and they were like, "You got a good head on your shoulders. What are you doing? You want to be a big shot in the pen or a big shot in the golf course?" I don't like golf, but I got the point. I got the point. Being a big shot mm-hmm. in the pen sounded pretty stupid, and so I started reflecting on that. People started giving me scriptures to read, and I prayed. I said, "God," um, and and you know, if I were to take was there a
0: person that
1: was attached to that. That moment? like you No, it was a collection of guys.
0: So there was not like one, there was not one guy that was just like, hey man, like this, it was it was yeah. all these, you had a whole group of basically just, I guess, guys being dads, I guess, huh?
1: Yeah, they were just, they, it was, if I were to go back, this is my grandma's praying. She's dropping flowers off. Mm-hmm. She's making moves on my behalf, mm-hmm. pleading with God, and he's moving on her mm-hmm. behalf. And that's what happened. And so these guys who you would not think would be influencing me for good, they were. They were giving mm. me scriptures to read. They were uh they were just doing things that were encouraging me to be a better person.
0: And these guys still around that you still in
1: touch with or no, they you know, they unfortunately, um, you know, I was a, I was destined to be a statistic in that moment. And a lot of the guys were. Um mm. and they just became part of the system. Yeah. Um but you know, I became a kind of a story in a sense rather yeah. than a statistic because yeah. God. And so, yeah, I, I remember one night praying. I said, God, Jesus, the one I'm supposed to follow, softened my hard heart. Very Christian words. I didn't know Christian Christianese at the time, but that's what I prayed. Woke up the next morning and uh, just had a profound confidence that Jesus was the one I was supposed to follow. And so it was through the efforts of my family that helped me connect to faith. And those are the two pillars of my life uh, still to this day.
0: Wow. Yeah. All right. So it's you and your wife. Yep. Um, now you're, 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 you're doing life. Where in this whole, in this whole um, um, uh, story, um, these guys praying for you and where in there does your wife, does your wife happen? When, when does she enter your life?
1: She enters a little bit later. Okay. She enters uh, about nine years ago. And, um, 2014, I went to, I went to Bible college after I got out, okay. um, started working in the church and through various, uh, movements of God to get me out of the friend group that I was in into a new friend group. Um, and went to, went to college, came back from college, um, with a computer science and philosophy degree. That's why I do software now. Mm-hmm. That. And, um, In 2014, I reconnected with, who was a friend at the time, my wife, and I was living with a buddy and she was visiting. And so we just started talking and, and then we, we hit it off and we became, we met at church and, uh, yeah, that's, that's how it got connected. So we've been together for just, just under nine years. We just celebrated our six year anniversary. Um, Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Man, that is a, 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 that is a great story. That is, I love stories like that because there's, I always, I can look over my life and I can say without a doubt, I was, I was very close at this point to being somebody who could have easily been in that situation. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of my, my friends that, that have been in that situation. Um, instead I was on the law enforcement side of things and the military side of things and stuff, stuff like that. But it's just the decisions that sometimes we make, we find ourselves in, right? You're in a place where you're about to make a decision. Sometimes when you make a decision, you have to ask yourself a couple of questions, You questions know, that are going to help you get to that, that, yeah. that decision. Those, those, those questions, those questions aren't usually, um, well, uh what are the consequences of what I'm going to do yeah. when you're 18, 19, no. 20 years old, right? No. And so that's and and now you have guys that are like 40, 50, yeah. 55 years old that are the same they, they're they're still they're still doing that. They never really
1: Yeah.
0: They never really grew up and they didn't really matured or changed or allowed the their their past to have such a positive effect on their future mm. right and i've heard a lot of guys say things like um um don't let your past define you
1: yeah.
0: I, well i i get it i understand what they're saying but man i'm not letting it really i guess define me the the some of the bad things that i've done but i'm really happy that and- i went through some of those things because it it I now know different. I now have a better understanding of life having been through some of the tough stuff, because now I understand what rough waters feel like. And now I know how to manage the boat that I'm in. And now I know how to, 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 to handle the crew that's in the boat with me. You know, I got my, my, my kids, one of them sitting over here and I have another one that's older than him. I have another one that's younger than him. I have a daughter that's in there somewhere. And this crew are they're so important to me they uh, next to my wife they're the most important thing in my life as a unit right as a family unit i look at them and i say if i had just done one thing different none of that would be here but god yeah but God, you know, yeah, yeah. there would have been, you know, and it, it's just, I sit there sometimes and I look at stuff and I, and the reason I go down that road is because you mentioned that you have a, a degree in philosophy, mm-hmm. which I've never really got my head around the whole philosophy thing. I'm like, am I taking a test on someone else's opinion? You know, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of what I always thought of it. Tell me about the philosophy piece and how it played a role because you did that from a Bible school at a Bible school. You went and did philosophy,
1: right? Well, um, I went to Bible college to become a minister, Mm -hmm. worked in the ministry for a couple years after that, had a great experience, realized being a pastor is not for me. And so, but I love the church and hence I'm at Mm pray.com trying to help build the future of church. Mm -hmm. And so what I realized from there is being a pastor is not for me, but I wanted to utilize uh, skills and and my talents to actually better the church. And so Mm -hmm. I went... Uh, to a place called Calvin College, now Calvin University, um, and got a degree in computer science and um, uh, in philosophy. And so not, not a Bible college, just a, you know, it's a yes. Christian liberal arts school. Got it. And... I went there because they had produced so many great Christian philosophers that have mm. made an impact in the intellectual world and also in Are my church LA? doctrine. No, no, they're in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So I went from sunny SoCal to the cold winters of Michigan. Um, and so for, for all the watchers, you know, Grand Rapids, if you're familiar with the uh, the Mitten State, you know, that's right there. And yeah, so yeah. Um, it's uh, it, was a, it was a great experience. It was like a dream come true to be able to study where people who I really admired intellectually had studied. Um, And it was a great experience because philosophy uh, really helped me take a step back and start thinking about my way of life and and purpose of life and how they connect and how I could take my talents and apply them in sometimes secular ways, but to make a purpose for the kingdom, for the church. Um, Fortunately, I get to do that at Pray.com. So it's not in the secular way. I get to directly impact the future mm. of church. And uh, yeah, so philosophy has just been a, a great tool for me to think through uh, things that we're doing um, or that I'm doing in life or what we're doing at work. Yeah. So.
0: so Pray.com, mm-hmm. one of the most widely used Christian apps mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah, And I had Pray.com on my phone before... I ever even met you or, or Steve. Yeah. And that's the other thing I want to talk about Steve too, a little bit, cause Steve. I just, I just Steve's love great. that man, that yeah. guy. Um, we have, we have a lot of very interesting conversations. He and I, I just, uh, I just, I just love that dude. So you have an amazing business partner. You have an amazing uh, technology. You have, mm-hmm. you are, are impacting and influencing people everywhere uh, around the world. Um, yeah. How did you come to a, how did you, how do you, like, how do you think of something like pray.com? Is it something that's just sort of, it just sort of happens and, and uh, you know, cause you and Steve were childhood friends.
1: Yeah. We went to junior high in high school. He went to yeah. all American. I went America's most wanted. Yeah. Um, but, but uh, you know, I'm five, seven, he's six, five. He was yeah. huge in high school. And then he got even bigger when he was at USC, you know? Um, so yeah, yeah Steve, I mean, we got some, I got amazing business partners, friends, brothers, yeah. uh, Steve, Mike and Matt. Really, it came down to Steve. Actually, he had the opportunity because of a tragedy in his life to do something different than he had been doing. Mm-hmm. And he had the chance to buy pray.com and he did and uh, it was expensive but it's a fair price and we were able to utilize that to build the platform pray.com that mm-hmm. we have now and so with that uh, I ran into him it was just happenstances providence that came and put us together um, I was working for a nonprofit called Mission India. Turns out when you have a felony on your record at the time, nonprofits are pretty much the only ones that will hire you. Yeah. Um, and so thank God I was able to get that removed, but took some Good. time, right? Good. Um, and so I was actually tr- thinking about transitioning um, at that time to either, because I had it removed at that point, so I had a little more freedom in my work, but I was thinking about actually moving back to, to Michigan and helping them build out their engineering efforts at Mission India decided not to do that because I ran into Steve at that point in my life in Thousand Oaks and we hadn't seen each other in a few years and before that it was just like hey how's it going just ran into each other and so he told me hey let's get let's get lunch and so we got something to eat and he told me about pray.com and I told him about what I was up to and uh, we started just jamming on it together with Mike and Matt and ideating talking with others exploring the you know we'd, we'd have different members of our churches come and test little prototypes of the app and they'd tell us, uh, what they liked and what they didn't like mostly what they didn't like. Uh, so we had a lot of learning to do, um, a lot of experimentation, but it was through the, just has coming together and a lot of people helping us out, um, that we were able to build mm-hmm. something, ship something, get it out into the market, help the church. And so that's really where it, came from this idea and it's constantly morphing through our experimentation, talking to customers and figuring out what the church needs to build the next 20 years of church, right? We, we just left the pandemic, which opened the church's eyes to, I would say, an, a need for the church to enter the digital space like they mm. haven't before, mm. right? Uh, pre-2020, if you were doing digital community, it was a second thought. And the church general sentiment was that that wasn't real church, right? It was in the physical buildings where church happens. And I think what, what we're seeing is a transition of the church understanding that you can do church in proximity, but you can also do church digitally. And there's a lot of people looking for church online and they're finding not church, but spirituality because the, because there's just a plethora of things and, and, uh, there hasn't been a, a, let's call it an evolution of the church into the digital space. And that's what we're trying to help, Mm -hmm. help with these churches go from offline to online. What does Mm -hmm. that online digital strategy look like? And really build that infrastructure for the next twenty years of church.
0: So, what do you think the church looks like in the future, though? Like, it's is it is it uh, do you see a drastic change coming just from a, a technology standpoint? Now, the introduction of all the technology mm-hmm. and into the into the uh, into the ministry area, yeah. you have all these. You know, every major ministry has an app, and and these big huge websites with. Yeah. You know, the the got the, the donate button and you got the shop and you got the yeah. all these things that are all on the websites that are that are just huge. I mean, is it is it uh is ministry changing that much? Is churches changing
1: that much? I think the the church is embracing a hybrid church. And I think that's what you're a gonna, hybrid church. Yeah. So that's what you're gonna see and that's what we've seen, right? The trends. Um yeah. we've seen it in, in our own studies Is in our like own sometimes research. Sometimes
0: you're at in, in the brick and mortar and sometimes you're online. Is that yeah, the hybrid yeah. church? Okay. And
1: so, so sometimes you're at the, you're at the Sunday service in the brick and mortar. Sometimes you're, you're streaming Sunday service. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then sometimes that's you're, that's yeah. my
0: family. We do yeah. That.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, I mean, I just did that this Sunday, yeah. right. You know, and I try to try to understand where, where not, not necessarily the church as in physical buildings and. And the leaders of these organizations are going, but where are the church members going? Right, they're they're going to vote with their eyes and their attention and their feet, and they're voting. that hey, I love going to my church physically, but every Sunday sometimes it's it's hard. Uh, maybe I have a big family, and it's like going to Disneyland every every Sunday. It's yeah. like a six hour journey, right? And sometimes you may not be. In close proximity, so it's it takes a while to get there, so it's easier to, to stream, but then you get more family time, right? You get to spend time with your family, um, or you get in a small group in people that are local in that area, and you're streaming it with your friends and family. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what you're going to see, that trend continue, um, and... That's what we're trying to help facilitate is helping people, helping churches, not only with their digital media ministry, but also their digital community. What does their digital church look like? What's your digital strategy? And we want to help them facilitate that. And really what we've been able to do at Pray is um, is become really efficient operators and executors of some of the things that maybe um, pastors and church staff would rather not do, do they want to spend time on social media? Do they want to um, ask you know, do they want to splice content? Maybe not. They want to produce the message. they want to evangelize, make disciples. Mm. And so we can help take away some of that operational burden. We're not a church. We're not pastors. Yeah. We're here to help pastors stay on mission. Their mission is our mission. And mm-hmm. so that's, that's really what I would say is that's what we're trying to facilitate is build that, build that operating system for church yeah. for the next 20 years.
0: So it's not just really it's, it's church is changing, but also the way uh, resources are used mm-hmm. and developed is changing. Mm-hmm. The, the, uh, um, I think the interaction between a, a pastor and the people is changing yeah. and that's changing fast. We and I'm seeing that just with Life of Valor, with our yeah. men's our men's ministry is um people don't ask me really anymore about when's the next event or where's the next event, the next arena event. Now it's hey, when are you uh when are you going to get your ebook out? When are, uh when's uh, when, where can I go and get your podcast? Yeah. Where is uh where is the uh, um um where is the next big thing that you're going to, what's the next big content thing that you guys are doing online? Because all the guys that are his age, yeah. right? This, this kid over here holding this camera, and all the kids, his age, all they do, like him and Zach the whole, whole way up here, oh, did you just see that one That uh, where they did this and then they did that and then the thing happened and then the stuff hmm. over here went, 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 went down, you know, and that's where they're at now. Well, ministry's starting to go that way because I'm getting all those questions yeah. now, right? So when you when you when you're building, cuz you're and your title there is you're the CTO. Correct. So it's a chief technology officer. Officer. Yeah, yeah. So as you're as you're building stuff, you're you're quite frankly you're just the bright idea guy. You're an idea dude, right? But that you have to also have some you got to put some teeth to it as well.
1: Yeah, so I I would say, you know, I'm 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 very blessed to be uh on a team with a lot of people that have great ideas. And so I look at my job as as really how do I, how do I take all these ideas, these great ideas that we get from internally, just people who are immersed in the data, the research, and also in the customer interactions? Also, how do I take the, the interactions from the customer, the, the Christian that goes to church? What about the leaders, the pastors? What about the church staff? And so I'm like, how do I take all their, all their problems? I take all their problems and say, what's the solution what what kind of solutions can we we implement to help solve these problems for church? Mm-hmm. And so I, I look at myself more as a problem solver than an ideas guy, um, and I'm I'm just there to to find the problems and let's solve them with technology because that's 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 what everyone else is doing. Yeah. And so why not the church? Why why should the church be behind on technological trends? Uh, if you look at weekly attendance in church, uh, it's it's only declining. It's not going up and but you know what's going up is community online. Mm-hmm. And so there's an opportunity, especially with the technological revolutions that are happening right now, for the church to kind of leapfrog where they've maybe been behind. We can we can just leapfrog them right to the front of the line. Mm-hmm. And so we talked before this about we try to stay at the very bleeding edge of technology to explore that for the church how can we build that infrastructure and we have to be the guinea pigs we have to be constantly experimenting work i mean every day new experiments new learnings uh, new customer calls like we're we're immersed in this because we we see we see the trends and we want to position churches and the church in the best possible way for the future
0: mm-hmm. Wow. So what does your day look like then? Like I'm trying to put myself in your shoes doing that and, and my brain just does not work that way. So explain to me what your day looks like.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I've been, my day starts with, uh, generally try to have, it starts pretty early or it's just calm and quietness. Mm -hmm. I start with a little devotional. I've been using some new technologies to develop some, some uh, prototypes on how we can enhance the devotional experience on that one-on-one with God. Um, and so I've been, been playing around with that, developing my devotional that way. But then diving into before, I would say before anyone wakes up, but we're a global team. And so uh, everyone's always awake, it seems like. Mm-hmm. So it really starts, uh, my, my, my week starts actually with my first call, generally customer support. Get on, get on, get on a, a Zoom call with customer support. What what are the customers writing in about? Where are the problems? Um, and because that's that's who we're we're building for the church. So I want I want that to be the first thing I hear. And then it's just constant meetings with uh, engineers, product design um, about how, how projects are going. Um, but then also road mapping solutions and then leadership, getting leadership aligned, making mm. sure that they're updated. It's, it really is, I'm diving in, trying to find the problems, find solutions, create alignment. Um, I, I look at myself at the end of the day as I'm an operator and an executioner. And so that's what my day is all about. So it's meeting with people. Um, it's helping understand the problems, define them, create alignment around them, and then create uh, solutions and alignment around the solutions. Mm and it's a lot of meetings and then i try to i try to fool around with you know i do a release every once in a while into the code base the engineers they they would rather i not at this point uh, since i don't have a lot of time to do that let us handle it we got more more bandwidth you know mm-hmm. more bandwidth but uh, um yeah. yeah so
0: so you're saying earlier that uh you know steve when he he uh, he purchased uh, you were just referring. You are just referring to the URL. You guys actually founded, uh, built the entity, uh, built the business. Yeah, but that was just that was just the, the URL. Somebody had owned the URL, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah walk, walk me walk me through that one a little bit.
1: Yeah, so, you know, I think the the details of of, of the purchase are uh, I think a story for Steve. When we got it there's nothing there, right? You go to it and just tell you, no, I can't wait. I can't
0: wait to ask Steve that that story. Cause you know, that's a sporty one. Yeah. yeah,
1: And, um, you know, he's, he's great at negotiations and deals and he's great networker, right? He's like a world-class networker. And so he, he has these connections and he was able to get that. Um, and we had the opportunity to just cast a vision for what it, what it needs to be. And like I said, it, it came from so many different perspectives and conversations that helped form that. And when we launched, it was, uh, it was private social networks for faith organizations. So churches were coming on and they were launching their communities and things like that.
0: Yeah. What year, what year was that?
1: 2017. Yeah. So 2017. six, Good. six years ago, um, a little bit over, you know, yeah. um, almost seven now. And so, it, we were launching it, getting communities on, helping them, uh, helping churches step into that digital space. Back then, that was that was new. Not a lot of churches were doing yeah. it, um, and we were probably a little bit early in there. Um, uh, not everyone was, not every church was ready for a digital strategy, mm. and um, we started adding our own content because Steve he uh, he comes from a content production background, so he does some, he can make some world class. Uh, content. And so that's what we did. Uh, We made some audio content around Bible stories. And so bedtime Bible stories, James Earl Jones reads the Bible. And so we were able to introduce these, a new take, what I'd say like an edutainment type take. So very, very much entertainment quality uh, because that was the background, Hollywood quality content. You have scores and you have this dramatization of the story but staying true to the bible story and so we're doing that in audio and then finding fun ways like getting darth vader to read you know read the bible and getting that in front of people to introduce them into uh, uh into the church but in a light way uh into content so we get people that maybe haven't been to church in a while or don't go to church, they download the app. We get people that go to church on a regular basis downloading the app, mm. right? So we were able to appeal from an early, or from an early stage to just Christians in general, yeah. or even Christian curious. And so that's been a, it's been a strength of ours to be able to appeal to that wide of uh, of an audience mm. so that we can get them to engage with faith mm. because we know that faith has a profound impact on your mental health. Uh, and so you know, the, there's a lot, especially we come out of 2020 and I think mental health has been a huge talking point you hear in news and, and media yeah, because people are struggling with, um, depression, anxiety, sleepless nights. Mm. And so we have bedtime Bible stories to help you go to sleep, uh, to, to the word of the Lord, or we just did something with, uh, Bishop TD Jakes. We just launched him over, the, over the weekend. Um, and so he, we did a podcast with him called Sleep Psalms. It's incredible. Uh, uh, I mean, he's one of the greatest orators. It is just amazing. And he has this great line. He says, let the Lord be your shepherd tonight. And that encapsulates what we try to do is we try to package up the Bible and its stories and its profound impact in ways that make it entertaining but educational to help you grow in your faith, and so that we just had just such a wonderful uh, time doing that, but an opportunity mm. to serve the church so that they can overcome uh, life's many pain pain points with scripture and with the stories of faith and how they've impacted mm. uh, countless people throughout history, and so you know that's what we continue to do with our content, and we've had the amazing opportunity to work with. People like uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes and other pastors uh, across the states, yeah. just amazing people, uh, to help get their message in front of people in a digital space. So we're helping these churches now in, in this evolution uh, reach reach people that they haven't been able to do, develop that digital strategy um, and help them develop that community. Well, that's
0: outside of yeah. pray.com. That's like another another thing no, that you guys do. That's inside of pray.com. That's pray.com,
1: pray.com. yeah got it. Yeah. So we've been fortunate we were we were able to develop this con, you know this consumer software called pray.com where a lot of Christians come, mm-hmm. right? And they they engage with their faith there. Mm-hmm. And we now are able to connect the dots between um, ministries and members. How can we how can we mm-hmm. connect them? So that's what that's what we're doing
0: yeah because if there's if there's a, a there's a, a connection between the the uh, the actual content that you're having it's able to reach its mark and hit it from a technology standpoint yeah well now you have a you have, there's a synergism there that that well what it, before now it hasn't really been available yeah and so as you're looking at what is coming for like on the technology side, from here forward, what do you what do you see that's coming up on the on the horizon? That's going to be things that you're already thinking about. You're like, I see that, and that is at the 15 mile range right now. Yeah, and we're going towards it um, now. I know I need to do this to be able to meet those demands. Like, what do you see coming technology wise yeah. in, 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 in the in the ministry space and the in the technology space as they merge?
1: Yeah, I I'm, I think the thing that's transforming everybody's lives right now is generative AI. Um, and that was going to yeah. be my next question. Yeah, I was going to yeah. ask him about so, AI. Yeah. 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 I can't wait to get my goggles. I can't wait to get rid of my desktops and just put on the goggles and, and work. But anyways, that's a that's a yeah. side note. <laughs> um, really, I, I think AI is is that that opportunity for the church to kind of leapfrog where they've been laggards and now they can be at the forefront because it's so revolutionary in its capabilities for content creators, especially. And what do what do pastors do every Sunday? Create content.
0: Mm, yeah. They're
1: one of the most prolific yeah. content creators on planet Earth. Yeah. and And they spend tens of hours every week studying and then producing these messages that impact thousands tens of thousands yeah and we can help them get that right and so oh go I was just, hey
0: zach what did you, you you had a question i know you did a technology question
1: uh, i was just saying i was going to ask how they're going to implement like using vr in some of this if that was on the table if you guys have talked about it
0: is that yeah that's a great yeah yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, so you the um so cuz I don't know if everybody was able to hear his question, but um if is VR something that Prey.com is considering, is that on the table, is that something that you guys are considering?
1: So I think VR is um very much in in an early stage, especially when it comes to consumers. And right now it lives in that game space and um I think there's a lot more to be developed there. Uh, before it becomes part of our everyday life, especially when it comes to our faith, but it's something we definitely think about we watch um, you know Facebook or meta is you know dropping hundreds of millions of dollars, losing hundreds of millions of dollars every quarter on on their developments there, and they're at the bleeding edge, right? They're, they're the ones developing it. And it's, it's, um, it's something we keep our eyes on, but it's not quite there for mass production, Mm. especially when you have an audience that isn't necessarily first adopters in the church space. Mm. So I think where we have, when it comes to technology, the ability to impact the church most profoundly is in How how can you help? How can you utilize this AI technology to help ministries build a digital ministry? So, think about it. We all probably volunteer at church. Mm -hmm. Do you volunteer in your digital church? Most likely not. Mm -hmm. You just you know sweep, bring donuts, coffee, whatever it is you're helping, set up chairs, you you name it. Well, the thing is, the digital community that these churches are trying to build uh, that we have a hundred times bigger thousand times bigger than physical communities but yet they lack the volunteer force for it or the resources for it and i think that's where these technological tools can really help that we're developing to help these ministries um, be able to serve those digital communities mm-hmm. a lot better and still stay true to mission and to the holy spirit because i think that's a lot of uh, fear in the in the industry is well you if, if technology comes in and AI comes in and personalization comes in, yeah. where does a Holy Spirit fit in? And I think that it's really, it's an augmentation of the way you're doing things. How can you do the things that aren't Holy Spirit necessarily led, right? Like slicing of content, um, uh, putting titles and descriptions on things. There's a lot of things that I think the church community would probably rather not do. And rather just evangelize and disciple mm-hmm. that we can we we can develop tools and we've d- developed tools to help them already do that
0: the ai space so i mean the three of us were talking about we were talking about that on the way up here today yeah that in in the ai space it's like it's like jobs is our A, is ai going to increase jobs is it yeah. going to decrease jobs yeah and i think it was sam that said that he had read somewhere that it's that 80% of the jobs that are going to be here in 10 years have not yet been developed. And that kind of makes sense to me. Was that the right statistic, Sam ish in there somewhere? So that make that, that totally makes sense to me. But I also think that there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be stressed out over the fact that AI is here and can do their job for them better than them flawlessly. Mm -hmm. And they're not, they're not needed. And so in essence, the human touch being antiquated in many capacities professionally.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. So to the guys that are out there, because in this, let's just look at it for what it is. I mean, it's yeah. like we live in a world right now where everybody is operating inside of a some kind of state of fear mm-hmm. of something. Mm-hmm. Well, fear is a big fat counterfeit, right? Being afraid is an emotion that we're supposed yeah. to have But inside of that being afraid. There's room for courage. Yeah. And sometimes just taking that that first step out of fear, still means you're probably afraid. You're still in that normal human emotion, right? And then when it comes down to war in Israel and what's happening in the Ukraine, what's happening on the southern border, what our politicians are actually doing, Mm -hmm. what's happening with our economy, and what's the stock market going to do, and what's happening with fentanyl coming up, and how many terror cells are in the United States. People can work themselves into a tizzy Mm -hmm. watching all the stuff that's happening. yeah, you you add into it, their future may be uncertain because a robot's going to come and take it over, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's a lane that a lot. of people live in what do you say to that guy who is who who is in that space and that's where his mind is that's where he that's where he lives and he's 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 always wrapped around that what do you what do you say to a guy like that as a somebody who's a professional in the technology world
1: yeah a conversation that happens believe it or not in software engineering is what does a software engineer look like in 10 years Mm. a lot of code that's being produced can be generated through AI. So I live, I, I work in a space. I, my, my trade is software engineering. Uh, I may be, my trade may be as much to blame for this, but it's also one of the things being uh, actually uh, what some people would say replaced mm-hmm. by AI. I think, I, mean, I think a lot of things will be enhanced um, by the technology that we develop. I tend to be more of a, an optimist in this space. Um, I think that a lot of jobs will be created just like we've seen with other technological advancements. Um, And we'll have to figure out these transitions. And a lot of it is smart people coming together to think about how do you transition uh, some industries that may be more impacted by uh, like the writer strike in in Hollywood. I mean, AI can write things pretty well. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's one of its strengths. And so how do you navigate those situations? And I think that's going to be heavily complex, and I, I can empathize a little bit uh, with that mindset because my trade is actually going to be impacted. It's already being impacted. Uh, you can, you're can you already getting efficiency gains uh, from AI. And so yeah. it's only a matter of time before those become even more efficient. And so I, I, I empathize. I don't have the answer. I, yeah. I don't. Um, and I think we just have to fall back on our principles as Christians where it comes to loving our neighbor and how can we empathize with them? How can we develop a, a, a society and a culture based on the principles that we've been taught through Jesus of love and loving our neighbor? And how can we help our neighbors transition during those uh, difficult times in yeah. our society, right? So yeah, that's what I fall back on.
0: Yeah, there's so much to unpack with... You know the the direction that we're that we're going right now you know um and it seems like a lot of stuff in the media just gets left behind Hmm. and as i'm um as i'm just doing life and getting my phone calls that i get at all times of the day and the night from these Hmm. guys all over the country that i've maybe had a role in coaching or maybe mentoring or teaching them at some point Getting them to where they're able to, you know, stand on their own two feet and kind of deal with some of their problems and and one of the things that I always that I always remind them is, you know, make sure that you're in the Bible more than you're watching the news. Mm, yeah, and I think that's one of the most amazing things that Pray. dot com does mm-hmm. is it brings the Word of God to somebody through their technology. Yeah. Yeah, people may not want to carry around um you know a big um a big mm-hmm. fat New King James New King New King, New James. King James version bible yeah. you know but they're they're going to have
1: yeah you phone, know, they're, they're pull gonna, it out like
0: Sam has it they're going to have their smartphone on them yeah and on that smartphone it's like I carry I whenever I go and speak somewhere at a at a church whatever I'm I'm a I'm a ESV guy yeah english standard version
1: yeah
0: but i have a message version i have a niv version i have a nasb version i have all these different bibles on my bookshelf yeah and so when it, it um but now i if i'm trying to reference something i literally just go over to my phone and yeah. get a new get a open whatever app and and yeah. go to my my message bible app and then just just get that yeah. well with with what with with pray.com you guys are making things so that everything is narrowing down to an app it's the one the one stop shop for all the things that you need for your spiritual growth yeah. for your um uh, the way that you the way that you uh view maybe um um, uh, money and the way that you view relationships and the way you view there's so much content that's on there that all, these people are able to uh, like, there's something on there for everybody
1: yeah
0: and um i think that's amazing i i'm not, I, I would have never thought of that in a million years and then when i saw pray.com i saw it on his shirt uh, and i was like hey, and it was my it was my buddy jimmy may yeah yeah, yeah. we all know we all know yeah, jimmy yeah, Jimmy's May. great yeah Jimmy because Jimmy is, is, Jimmy is uh, I always call Jimmy, Jimmy is an adventure. He's, <laughs> such, he's, he's such an adventurous guy, but Jimmy is an adventure. I love that man. But you had a pray.com shirt on one day yeah. and I was like, hey, I know Pray.com right It's that app. And he was like, he's like, yeah, yeah, I, I know Steve. He's a, he's a kind of a mentor to me and a coach to me. I was like, that's awesome. Man. Jimmy's that's
1: a mentor to all of us. Yeah. yeah He's a, hum- a humble Ji-
0: guy. Jimmy is Jimmy's. Uh, but he, it's, it, when he starts at pray.com, that's the first time I ever really saw it written out. Yeah. And I remember looking at that thinking, somebody somebody thought of pray.com and went and grabbed that URL so fast. So when you were just telling me that a minute yeah. ago, I was like, yeah, now I get it. I'm going to have to ask Steve about that. Yeah. But. Man. So when you and Steve, like, uh, when, when you guys are at, at work and you're, you're working on, on the technology, what are some things with pray.com that you guys are devising right now, developing right now that we can see maybe here in the next six months or a year?
1: Yeah. Without giving any trade secrets. No. Um, so I think high level, what we're really trying to trying to help the church with is not just getting great content out there. Right. And the content that Really impacts Jeff that you need to hear right now. Mm-hmm. So we're doing that, but then how do we help you cultivate community in a digital space? And so that's what we're we're helping these churches do is not just get their content out there, but also create these cultivate these communities online. And so that's really what um, we just launched something called. When Local. you
0: say communities, what's a what are communities online? So a church is a community.
1: Yeah, I'll give you an example. We just we just launched this feature called Local Leaders, where we help connect uh, members to ministries or just users that download the app, people that download the app, we help connect them to ministries online, um, whether they're close to them in proximity or whether it resonates with them based on their current life uh, Mm. situation. So helping match them to to ministries. Also matching them to maybe um, pastors in the space that they just resonate because what we find is... um, you may go to a church, but you listen to other pastors Sunday to Sunday or other people, other leaders in the space, other mm-hmm. other teachers in this space. You're learning from many people. That's how we do our faith. We learn from many people. And so that's what we are able to do is help connect people, the people that really resonate with them. And so uh, we we just did a launch with—we uh, just had a Sunday service with Michael Fisher out of Compton, California, amazingly gifted preacher and tons of people writing in how do i find where's this church and everything like that and people are like i'm in oregon how do i how do i how do i attend his digital church and so that's what we're facilitating Mm. and that's what the the you know i'd say the next uh, phase of is really diving into the discipleship portion let's make disciples right it's great to get the word out there but let's make disciples mm. and let's do that in the digital space and yeah. so we've already been doing that through uh our devotionals and plans and and connecting members to ministries but you know let's let's tighten up that um and really build that
0: mm. so when you have content like somebody like that, that's a that's a uh um, well, first of all, different kinds of content. So you have, you have, uh, like, a, like pastors or communicators, yep, right? And then there's people reading, uh, yep. the Bible. Yep. What other kinds of content are there that are available that you guys are, that are, you guys are looking for, or you guys are trying to, uh, maybe, uh, bring to the forefront or be able to use it to be able to create communities or to bless communities that are in, that are on the online space.
1: Mental health has been uh, a mm. pretty big focus for us.
0: We and yeah, yeah. Zach and I, we've we've probably done four episodes already on just on mental health. You yeah, know, it was just... it's a
1: it's a big deal, and it was. There's a lot of there used to be a lot more stigma around addressing mental health, mm. and those barriers are kind of breaking. And um, I mean, I don't know too much about the the teams, but I know that yeah, there's some there's some help that's needed in that transitionary yeah. period. Right. And that that's impacting a lot more than just people who are seeing these horrific events or uh, that it's impacting everyday people mm-hmm. who are just going through life because life throws curveballs at us, yeah. uh, that we all deal with differently. Some people, um, you know, I was just talking with my wife and, you know, I got a, I did some sort of eval that told me, Oh, I can, you know, the, the guy told me, Oh, you handle stress very very well and and then he's like yeah team's guys are like right here and here you are not not to like quick yeah yeah not not on your (laughs) level but not everyone can do that my wife's like i can't i can't handle that right um and we all deal with stress differently i have friends that deal with it so much differently i have people that work for us in ukraine in kiev they are working right now as we're doing this and it might be a little too late they might be done for the day but they're working for us in a war zone and they're able to operate like nothing is happening around them even though the world is falling apart around them mm. literally rockets we ha- i remember one time i was on a call uh 101 talking to someone that was in kiev and then the next day he tells me hey i can't make it in a bomb just went off 50 50 yards from my apartment building all the windows are shattered shattered i can't come in today i'll be in tomorrow he's okay. like Bro, take all the time. Got it.
0: Got it. You're good. You're good. Take two. Take yeah. two days. <laughs>
1: yeah. And, um, but then I have people in the States that work with them. They're like, I, I, I'm having a hard time even focusing because of what my teammates are going through. And you're like, but he's going through, he's, he's doing it. But we all hand. so we handle life differently. Mm. And we need people that, we need, we need people to come around us, say, it's okay. I got something for you. Jesus. And he helps us through that. We have the Bible to help us through that. There's so many lessons. And that's what we're doing. We're extracting the wisdom of the Bible in the life of Jesus and giving it to you in a way that really helps you through these Mm. mental health struggles, depression, anxiety, hopelessness. I mean, there's no better hope than Jesus. So let's let's help connect people, but put it in a format that really addresses that pain point. Not that skirts around it because it's a stigma. Let's address it. Let's address depression. Let's let's address hopelessness because they're real and it's impacting a lot of us.
0: I need to send you a book. Um, uh, Zach and I had a a guest on. His name was uh, uh, Dr. Greg Wark. Jimmy actually knows him. Okay, Um, uh, he's my one of my best friends on my on on the planet. He's one of these guys who's just he's very he's very. I mean, led me to the Lord. I've known him forever. I mean, the guy's just an amazing guy. Well, what I didn't know is that he was, he was for the last 27 years, just stockpiling all this information on post-traumatic stress, suicide ideations, the the things that happen as a result of childhood traumas and how to deal with them to the point to where he got that so down, down and so refined. He wrote a book called The Warfighter's Soul. And when that book landed, he started getting, he was getting four or five phone calls a day to go and do media. Fox news was calling and all these psychologists started checking about like, how do you, how did you learn this? Like, I I get it. You're, you have your doctorate, but you're not a psychologist and you're not a psychiatrist and you're not a family Christian family therapist. You're not a, and he's just like, no, no, I learned that just from watching them yeah i have a lot of friends that are in the military and i see what they struggle with and then what i do is i also i i just kind of listen when god talks and tells me i want you to go and help this guy i want you to go and help this guy because i don't always get it right but over the years i've gotten better and better at it to where i'm starting to recognize when something is really wrong Mm. and then i am being able to identify what is wrong and then once I know what is wrong, well now I can actually get in there and get in it with them yeah. and demonstrate the standard and lead the way out. And it's not often just like, oh, here's a bunch of uh, yeah. go ahead and uh, eat those mushrooms, and nothing against that. That's what somebody's into, but yeah. okay, that's your thing. It's. I I don't I'm not I don't do well when my mind is altered. Yeah, it just yeah, makes yeah, it worse yeah. for me. And so with if, I've been what, down
1: that road. I don't like it. I yeah, going I'm, back. I'm talking <laughs> to an
0: expert. On that. If if I have um, so in in talking with Pastor Greg, I call him Pastor Greg, but he's Doctor Greg. Yeah. When they when he, when he wrote that book and I read that book, it shook me to the core. And then he gets on the podcast with Zach and I, and I, yeah. I was just like mind blown okay. because That's- I'm like, how did you? What is that? He goes, Man, I've been dealing with you for twenty seven years, dude. Like I'm gonna probably have it down, at least yeah. to some degree now. And he's just making fun of me. He's calling me a handful. But all these other guys that I know that he's helped, he has literally shaken them to shaken them to the core. Yeah. It's it's amazing. So listening to you say that that mental health is a big deal, it's something that pray.com is really getting after, addressing, they're yeah. they're 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 really wanting to do that. That is that's that's uh um, super exciting when it comes down to the, the, the mental health space yeah. and understanding that it's a really big, it's a big topic, but yeah. what, what, what can you do as a, as a uh, software developer and as a, and uh, someone someone who, who is a, has a prey.com app in the mental health space? Cause that's the question I'm yeah, in my yeah. mind. That's what I'm no, thinking. It's, a, it's but, a
1: great question. Yeah. And so we've been actually in a multi-year uh, journey and, and, In this space and working with uh, scientists and and psychologists to help understand the impact of our app actually on people. And uh, we've been seeing some very promising results. Mm. And it's uh, when you actually think about it, what is the one thing that people highlight as the cause of our mental health recently?
0: What's the one? I would say probably uh, COVID. Social media apps. Social media apps. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Apps are producing habits that are not good. Yeah,
0: people like I want likes, and they're not getting likes. It just it's
1: it's, it creates these ill these poor habits.
0: Yes, and these these poor habits, and and I think with social media, doesn't it like it gives people like a really unhealthy sense of of approval? Like, there's a what is it? What what am I looking for? If I if I text you, mm-hmm. and you don't text me back, and like that's that's not going to bother me, yeah, because I know you and I'm yeah. He's a busy dude, and it didn't rate a response, yeah. But if we're in tenth grade, eleventh grade and you're super popular and I'm kind of like on the outs, but, but you know, we hung out for just a minute and I end up with your number, I text you and you don't text me back. I'm gonna be like, wait, well, I thought we were best friends ever, yeah, right? Yeah. And I think that, that there's a there, that 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 micro trauma that happens every single time that, you know, you put out something and somebody makes fun of you online or somebody does that, right? Is that yeah. kind of where you're talking about the mental health thing comes from?
1: Yeah, I think that there's just been some studies that have come to light that the social media has, it's through these little micro uh, kind of actions that have the, they build up and have a profound impact on us sometimes negative Mm. and so if if technology or apps can have that negative impact on us why can't they have a positive impact on us so one thing uh we look at and pray uh, i'll tie it back trust me follow me here i'm sorry i'm gonna deviate no 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 Uh, We we do a lot of experimentation so we're testing features and all this stuff and we're seeing how the audience uh engages with it a lot of times there's failures, but even if there's a failure, if it moves something really drastically, I don't, I actually, I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. This is interesting because if it can move it that, if it can move it in one direction down, why can't it move it in another direction? And so we we'll iterate on that. Let's try to move it in another direction. Same thing with apps. If it's impacting our, our social, our, our, our mental health in a negative way, mm. why can't apps help us in a positive way? Mm. And so that's where we, we come in with uh, our app where we try to develop these healthy habits, not these poor habits, these healthy habits, especially around faith and spiritual practice and community so that you can actually strengthen your mind and your spirit. And I mean, that, that's what the Bible is about, right? We're reading scripture to not just strengthen our minds, but our spirit. It's supposed to be this, uh, this armor for life. So why can't an app with the Bible, the power of the Bible behind it, do the same. Mm. Uh, and w- w- you just see this in, in research after research that's coming around, around faith and mental health, positive impact, positive impact. And so it, it makes sense. Why can't we use technology to reverse that trend that we've seen with other apps where it's maybe impacted people negatively? Why can't we use it to do something good? Mm. And we're, we're told in the Bible that God works all things together for good. Mm. And so... Why can't we use these technologies to do something good?
0: Yeah. So as you guys are developing things, you guys are kind of looking at the landscape of just how the web and social media has affected uh, positively and negatively. And then you try to, you try to get it so that you, how can we counter that negative piece and get, maybe get some good results out of, yeah. What, what, what the enemy is trying to destroy yeah. in our young people and things yeah. like that. Um, have, you, have you guys ever thought about gamification and how that would play into Prey.com?
1: Yeah. So we, we introduce, you know, I told you we, we think about it educational and entertainment. Um, I'll use a case study from another app called Duolingo. Um, they have done a, a wonderful job when it comes to gamification for learning languages of all things. Um, yeah. and they've m- milked the, um, they've made a multi-billion dollar business off of a language app. W will be languages. Who would have thought that mm-hmm. they've just been really good at gamification. And so, um, I think if you can use these same tactics that are used in social media apps for poor habit formation, why can't you do it for healthy habit formation? Duolingo proved the case. We're proving the case. We have some gamification. You open the app, you get a devotional, followed by a streak, followed by a community board. Some people would call it a leaderboard, right? Ours is a community board, so it's not so much about competition, rather than encouragement and community. Mm. And so we we take these these concepts that you, you know people label as gamification, and we apply them into just healthy habit formation. And we, you have to modify them. You can't just copy paste, right? You have to, you have to test and you have to iterate and you have to learn what works uh, for your members um, and how they resonate with those, uh, mm-hmm. with those changes. So yeah, gamification is very much a part of it. And that's, I mean, that is what social apps yeah. are doing to build uh, habits.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because I always looked at, and I felt, I feel so important saying gamification. It's a good like, term. Yeah. Good term. Yeah. Yep, I feel uh, uh, Kevin McGrew would be proud. He'd be <laughs> proud because I actually used it. So um, he's our our technology guy behind all the, the website and our, yeah. all the stuff that goes on with with uh, Bram Radio. Um, An amazing guy, and I always make always, I always pick on him because he's super funny. And yeah. but when he but he the first time I ever heard him bring it up uh, gamification, I. Didn't know he was serious when he said it,
1: yeah
0: goes, no no it's a, it's a thing and oh, yeah. if you have if you have an app, you always need to be thinking gamification because it depending on who you want to reach if yeah. you're trying to reach like people that are like and he's my age, so he says people that are our age gamification is. It's gonna, it's, it's like it's a couple notches down, but yeah. if you're trying to get a hold of a 19, 25, even a 35 year old, yeah. game, the gamification's got to be up. And the thing is, there's gonna be more of those guys doing this yeah. online than there are guys that are in in our age limit, yeah. you know, the, yeah. the uh, the over 18 bunch. No, just kidding, <laughs> and so it was very uh, um very eye-opening so when i was just listening to you and i so the reason i'm so interested is just and also too just listening to these guys on the drive up to la today yeah um and they're talking about like the latest video game that's gonna like be probably it's gonna break the internet when it comes out yeah and and uh and and we have a friend of ours that that works on that game and just the, the way that whole thing works it's just fascinating what game
1: is it just, oh gotcha okay
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Sorry, I guess I I didn't even remember what it was. It was a number. What six? Six, yeah. Six, yeah. I don't. Are you a gamer? Do you play games?
1: You know what? I used to a long time ago, yeah. and um, those aren't healthy habit formations. Correct. <laughs> so yeah, What's no, up, dude? no knock it, no knocking the game. What's up, gamers dude? out there? I'm I'm a... Look at him! Look at him! He's like nothing. <laughs> yeah, no. I I found that my personality is not best equipped for gaming.
0: Hey, show, show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 there yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The um, because you know when when you're raising kids, my thing about especially with these guys was there's not going to be a game console in the house. Yeah, I'm sorry, there just isn't. <laughs> But I can't control what they're doing when they're not at the house. And yeah, so okay. it still turned into, you know, now they're older and they're out of the house now and they're you know, got their video games and yeah. I always told They're them,
1: making up for lost time now. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I used to be a, a pretty hardcore gamer, so you know, I I can yeah. relate.
0: Yeah, I'm not. I uh, I was too. I mean, when I was, oh, but oh, hey, I'm an Atari 2600 era guy.
1: Okay, I don't go far that far back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mine was uh, online, you know. So I, I at least, you know, was post 2000. You're,
0: you're post 2000. <laughs> you're like, yeah, man, I'm in this. I'm in this millennium at least. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, man, I'm a baby of the 80s, uh, and it the the, the the joystick with the one button is what you had. Berserk. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like Pac Man, uh, yeah. asteroids. <laughs> oh yeah centipede millipede Dude, those are og games yeah, og yeah. games
1: pac-man still got it Pac-Man the other ones that you know they've been buried in the graveyard of i know games that once were. i know
0: and my wife and i were at we were at uh costco this was sa- uh, saturday oh uh, yeah saturday and there's a full upright pac-man video game that you can buy at costco it's right there yeah, yeah. You know, it looks like it was from an arcade in 1982. Yeah, yeah. And um and my business partner and I went, you know, we were we were looking at buying some property in LA and this um, you know, Brian. I don't
1: think I've had the Oh, yeah, 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 no, I've met Brian, Tucker. Brian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Brian. So
0: we we went to LA, we were buying some land up in uh Long Beach. And uh the guy that we bought the land from had this he the it was an old warehouse. Built in the 20s, and in it was all these things that you used to sell items to Woolworth. Okay. The Woolworth store, and that's like...
1: Back in the day.
0: 50s, 60s, 70s, maybe yeah. into the 80s, and then the 90s hit, and they started, and especially with online yeah. um, sales, Amazon and stuff, they just they couldn't keep up. Yeah. And we're walking around the shelves. It was like walking around a museum. He had original life games. Wow. So life games, like still in the wrapper and not just like one or two, but he had like 40 of them. He had original Atari 2600 games and had, and they're still in the box with the plastic on them. And he had like 60, 70 of them. Oh, wow. Those things go for like 15 grand a piece now or something crazy like that because they're so they're yeah. so rare yeah, and now rare. now pristine in a box plastic still on it yeah yeah and so we went and talked to the guys and said hey listen you need to you like, like got it we're gonna do our, we're gonna do a deal're we're gonna, we're gonna take your, take your, your your property we'll buy it from you
1: yeah
0: but you need to have somebody um, come in here and sell all this stuff and put it on eBay yeah. you'll make more money from that than you'll make on the actual building. And he, this guy, was like ninety something years old. He's like, "You think so? Like, yeah, you, no, hey, you, you want to throw
1: it in with? That.
0: <laughs> unless you want unless you want to just yeah, keep it, keep it in the building. We'll, we'll take care of it for you." Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I grew up in this really weird era of of video games and computers. I remember being in eighth grade. We had a computer class, and we were learning how to plot. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's. It's Just basic grid stuff. It's like one, two, three, four, five, six, A, B, C, D. So C7, we're gonna make that purple, yeah. and B2, we're gonna make that green. And you try to make designs using yeah, that. Yeah. And of course, I and people were doing like linear stuff. So yeah, it's yeah. like from this to this, and you make that whole line. It was like a basic programming class yeah, yeah. for
1: make a box and you're like, yeah. yeah,
0: for four for 14 year olds in 1985, 86 yeah, yeah. years old, 86. It's just in a, on a Macintosh computer.
1: Yeah, you were ahead of the times.
0: It was no, oh man, it was I I, I struggled yeah. because I had to make the most the hardest most complicated design ever. I literally had to list every single plot. And I was just, some guys were like just, just do a bunch of lines and then yeah, every yeah. other one. They were done in 5 minutes. Mine took all day to do because of how I put did the plot. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> Man, we had one computer, two computers for twenty of us in a classroom. You oh, know, it was wow. just a different era. Yeah, yeah. Now these kids are growing up that are
1: they got uh, computers in their pocket. Got huh? computers yeah. in their pocket. They have enough we computing. I got, I got two. You know, yeah. Like one on my I
0: heard somebody say once that there is enough computing power in your iPhone more so than the entire NASA in 1969 when we put yeah. Yeah. People on the, on space. Easy. Yeah. 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 Easy.
1: Yeah. 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 It's pretty crazy. The it's in your pocket. But that's the, I mean, that's uh, that's the beauty of uh, the technology that we have. It's advanced so many areas of life uh, and not so much faith. So why can't we use those technologies to enhance our faith, to help us in our faith life mm-hmm. um, and help us in our church life and so that's you know that's where we're at. That's where we come in and pray. So,
0: have you ever thought about maybe having um like a kind of like your own version of Instagram or or uh, Twitter or whatever? What's it called now? TikTok. 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 Is or X? One. You mean X? X. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Twitter is yeah, X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then t- so you, you own like um, um because because you mentioned you earlier you mentioned community. Right. And there's a lot of people that use social media as their community. Yeah. Now with meta, they're starting to do this whole thing. That's like some weird alter ego life that you can lead. Yeah, up and the in metaverse. You know? Metaverse, the metaverse yeah. stuff, yeah. buying real estate. And you have a yeah. persona that's there and it just, it doesn't, it's, it's, it's crazy. I was wondering if you guys ever thought of getting into that space where you're starting to Really start to tap on the shoulder of social media, and I wonder if there are people that are anti-social media that would be getting would get on board something like that just because they're safer, they're gonna feel more um, yeah. at home, and that they can they can maybe they can they can they can share their views more openly than they maybe could on social media.
1: Yeah, well, I think what we've learned is how can we give um, Christians a, a space. A, a safe space, a faith and family-oriented space to do their faith. And sometimes maybe those those activities look like they would on an Instagram or, or something like that. Mm. And sometimes they won't. So I think that what we're more interested in, in is how do we utilize the learnings from all these other apps and the actions that people take, and how do we take the, that learning and adapt it in a healthy way to help people in their faith. And so uh I think we're not so much interested in, you know, copy pasting it in Instagram for Christians. I think that's been done and tried and um yeah, I think it, I think that unfortunately a copy, you know, just copy pasting it's um it's not enough. It mm-hmm. it needs to be tailored for the 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 faith experience, and that looks different than an Instagram, mm-hmm. in my opinion. You know, and that's what yeah. we've, I've seen in the data and, and you, you, in our you research. Are, so. You are,
0: you are sort of the expert in the room right now. You know, <laughs> I mean, if I lob that, lob that, if I, if I can lob that yeah. out there, and you got like a, you got these two here in the room that are like born with their thumbs attached to smartphones. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like yeah, so i i i I trust what you say for sure you know? <laughs> <laughs> Zach. I go to him with every one of my computer needs, yeah, like mm-hmm. hey, Zach got a problem. He's like, mm, did you uh turn it on I'm like oh. It's, that's, the first that's
1: what it was yeah yeah was <laughs> well, it is,
0: it, not, is, it, plugged is it plugged in
1: yeah he's a good it guy right he's a good IT guy, you know? that's it's right a troubleshooter
0: yeah yeah and he's just in the neck he, his office is right across the hall from mine yeah yeah and so uh where it used to be a text message or hey i gotta go find zach now it's yeah. like hey zach how, how come this isn't working for me did you plug it in yeah <laughs> I'm like, valid, valid question. Yeah, valid yeah. question. Yeah. yeah. Technology and I aren't, aren't really friends. We're, uh, we're acquaintances. Yeah. We get along. Um, we don't talk at parties. Yeah. You know, we, we, we try to avoid each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have a, a there's a saying in it. Usually the, the air is, uh, between the keyboard and, and, uh, the person, Right, it's uh, it's in the use case of the person trying to use the technology. Yes. Usually not in the technology itself. Right, but that's not always true in the, in the software engineering space. It, mm. um, <laughs> we tend to create bugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, that's uh, that's that's what happens in a complex world of right. uh, of systems. So.
0: When you look at some of the stuff that's happening in the media with, say, um, uh, computer hacking and. Technology tampering when it comes yeah. down to things, and I'm not, I'm not asking for you to go down some political rabbit hole. I'm not saying that, but but we've seen it lots in the media where mm-hmm. they're saying, well, the Russians, but the Chinese, and yeah. this is happening. When you hear that, what 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 happens in your head? Like, what, where does your mind go when you when you see those things on the media? Right? You yeah. you understand where I'm where I'm going with that question? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I I think. You know, a lot of times, because there's different threat vectors that you have to think about in security, and um, when you're dealing with these things you hear in the media, a lot of times they're kind of nation-state actors, they're big actors, and those are, those are very sophisticated, complicated hacks, or, or, or people that are able to infiltrate that, that level of infrastructure. And so I think for me, um, I'm always interested in learning, okay, what happened, how did it happen? um and a lot of times how it happens is actually pretty rudimentary um mm. it's a lot of social engineering um you know calling you up and pretending to be your bank um or uh calling up somebody that works at a uh in the government or whatever place they're trying to infiltrate and so i always am trying to understand the threat vectors I'll learn from those and how do we prevent against them mm. um because they're they're only getting more and getting more intense. And that's where we have to continue to, as as Americans in America, lead the charge in software. We have to be at the forefront of technology because technology is, there's a lot of attacks happening in that space. And they're, they're not just attacking bits on a screen. They're impacting people's lives significantly. Uh, and so uh, I think that it's very important um, I guess for, for us, are we to, ahead?
0: But, are we ahead? Are we at the forefront?
1: I mean, I think a lot of people have different opinions on that. I'm, yeah. I i would not I, this is, you know, my opinion, I'm not an expert in the field, but I would, I would say that if you look at the technology that comes out of the States, the companies that come out of the States, we are ahead, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be true in the future. Right. And so I think it's uh, important how, you know, uh, How different policymakers enact policies to to really make sure that we become that um, we stay at the forefront and we don't have a close second. Um, Yeah, I don't. So yeah, I think we are. If you just look at how you know what's being produced out of us, if you look at results in production, yes. But um, there are people catching up. Wow. I mean, you you probably are more versed on that than myself. You you probably have more in you know yeah you know i it's like i so so i'd ask that question yeah
0: (laughs) i have a few buddies of, of mine that i that i talk to that are in the the intel space yeah and you know they are of the mind that if if it comes down to a like a like a absolute pound for pound um the united states has a better does a better job of creating and other countries do a better job of stealing Mm -hmm. and so when that information is stolen ends up in those other countries they do a better job of implementing than we did yeah and so creation stealing and implementing you know they have two out of three yeah you know and so that's how it was best explained to me i was just curious kind of where 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 you where you were at and then and as far as like getting you know intel and that kind of that kind of data they're not going to share that yeah, yeah. share that with me because i'm not a, i'm not a cool guy anymore you yeah know?
1: i feel like your 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 crowd's a little more connected than mine on the that. crowd's the crowd's there the crowd's
0: there <laughs> but the crowd also doesn't always doesn't always talk to the the, the cool in crowd the in crowd the yeah, active yeah. duty crowd doesn't really talk to us retired crowd that often <laughs> anymore, <clears throat> but a question for you Um, and this will be the last question and then we'll, we'll start wrapping it up. But, um, if something happens and you're no longer here, let's say tomorrow,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um, what is it that you hope that people would say about you? What would be written on your headstone? Hmm. You know,
1: there's, there's, only one person that comes to mind when you ask that question it's no one else but my wife mm-hmm. um and i would that i mean I, my mom of course and things but m- my wife is my best friend mm-hmm. was i a best friend to her because mm. she's been a best friend to me yeah and so that that's that's actually what i think about and what people think about me i don't yeah. really care about I, I care what she thinks about me right And, um, I think she would say I'm her best friend and I did what I can, but that, that's the first thing that comes to my mind is my relationship with her and, and how did, had I live up to being a husband, a a great husband for her, um, as I've been called to, right. According to my faith. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's what I think about.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, Ryan, thanks for hanging out with me taking time okay, out of your you. day thanks. to come here man this has been this has been this has been awesome because i've you know I've, when when me and the boys were driving up today we were they were talking about all the technology stuff i'm like that's gonna be a quite i'm gonna tuck that in the back of my mind i'm gonna yeah. ask ryan later today because he'll know he'll know uh, he'll know what to say about that stuff but yeah. man it's been an honor having you it's and been an honor
1: being here thank you so much
0: and uh you know and and, and uh and thanks to um Every Nation City Church for uh, letting us use their yeah. their use their their room here and and uh, what community are we in right now?
1: This is Porter Ranch.
0: Porter Ranch. Yeah, yeah. In Porter Ranch, and this, this is like like Simi Valley. Area. Yeah, Simi
1: Valley, the Valley.
0: The Valley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, so um, thanks, Pastor Dave. I appreciate you, brother. So anyway, Ryan, you're awesome, boys. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Ram it. Ram Radio.